right, and we're back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever you can to support us here at the Lakers Fast Break, NBA Draft Junkies, or Lakerholics.com. It is truly appreciated. Well, uh, tonight, another close game. I'm sure the NBA is digging that with the Heat and the Celtics, but it looked like the hell, you know, just with the Heat. They just needed to go ahead and make their free throws, and for the most part, they did. So they were able to escape with a 112 to 109 victory over the Boston Celtics. And here today to talk to me about what went on with the game is my good friend indeed. You got to check out what he's doing today at NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube, where there are absolutely rows after rows after rows of draft prospect videos, interviews, and so much more. It is the place to go. It's a one-stop shop for everything the NBA Draft is my good friend indeed. It's Mr. Rafael Barlow. No, we haven't had the best of days, my friend. I know we just don't learn from our mistakes. But we did have a pretty good game at hand tonight, at least. Yeah, it was a good game. Um, I thought this series would go seven, but we are one game away from uh, an elimination game, so um, or team being eliminated. But I mean, I, I still think this series, I mean, even though Miami's up three to one, it's just a couple bang bang plays here and there where it could be two two or you know, even 3-1 Miami. So, um, but it's a good series. It's been entertaining. And uh, a new star is born. Absolutely. It's, uh, a new hero uh, is born. A new hero is born. I mean, if you're John Calipari and you're interested in a recruit right now, all you have to do is tell them, tell the kid, look, turn on the conference finals. You see Hero, Kentucky. You see Davis, Kentucky. You see... Uh, Jamal Murray, Kentucky. You see, Bam, Kentucky. Come to Kentucky, and he could just walk out the the parents' house, and 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 he, the kid might be sold. I mean, this is it's a big Kentucky commercial right now. It is, it is. I mean, a lot of great players are there, but they can all tell you back that they didn't even just begin to scratch the surface of their potential when they were at Kentucky. We really haven't seen any of them shine until they've gotten here into the NBA. I mean, like you said, there's just so many different Kentucky plays. We're not, you mentioned Devin Booker, even. Well, I was just talking about in the Western Con- in the conference. Finals, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, finals, yeah, yeah. I mean, just in the yeah, like we can go said, on with Gilgis Alexander Booker, yep. and you know we can name all those guys. But just in you know the last two days, you can see Playoffs. we had Bam and Tyler today, and Murray. and then you know Davis and Murray yesterday. So, um, yeah, man, it's a big Kentucky promo video right now want to thank john Shearer for watching us uh, thank you so much reach uh, just appreciate the comment that you left he's been waiting for this so i'm glad to see that uh, you're able to go ahead and enjoy what we're doing right now here at the lakers fast break thank you so much for your sh- being on your show as well you know i just cannot thank you enough so i'll give some pub to it later on in the program but Raphael. I wanted to go ahead and give you uh, some big props out there because you were seeing the trends as it was taking place in the course of this series. I mean, we're still thinking it might go seven, but 
I mean, just so many different options for the Miami Heat. And I'm showing everybody on Facebook Live the stats and where they, where they laid out at. With Tyler Hero obviously getting the 37 stands out. But when you have three other players, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, and Goran Dragic, all able to score in the 20s as well, it just shows you that they have in Miami such a diverse array of people that can actually get the, get the you know, just basically score the basketball. Yeah, I mean, they have a great system. You know, I don't think Spo gets enough credit for having, like, this creative offensive system. You know, you hear about, like, the D'Antonis. You hear about, um, you know, different coaches having a great offense. But this Miami Heat offense is, I mean, there's always somebody moving. Yeah. Always. It's just constant ball movement. You know, whether they're getting guys with the dribble handoffs for the shots and, and – um, they have multiple guys that can make plays for others. And uh, it's weird because Hero and Dragic didn't start for them this season. No. Remember, he was an addition as far as putting him in, into the starting lineup during the course of the playoffs. Yeah, so it's kind of like, man, they've been fooling everybody all year long, and then they waited until the playoffs to unleash the, you know, argue, well, you know, two of their best four players, and then um, – yeah, I mean it's it's looking like Miami is a shoe in for the finals, and uh, yeah, I mean you know the, I think a lot of people would like to see a a Lakers Celtics final, but um, you know this is the Lakers fast break, and most Lakers fans have have already penciled the Lakers into the playoffs anyway. Yeah, tell <laughs> so, me about it, as we heard the other day. Uh, well, I mean, I just just period. I mean, even like some of my Laker friends on Facebook, you know, this is. You know, it's the parade is already set. They're just waiting on the date. I'm so, telling you, um, do we need to go back to the old adage I I hit hit you guys up with on yesterday's program about overconfidence? I mean, I get it though. As, as a Laker fans, have never lacked confidence. Yeah, ever. that's for sure. Tell me about <laughs> so, it. So, so as soon as you know LeBron and AD hooked up, you know it was championship or bust, and so. Um, but the storyline would be great, you know, Brian going against uh, you know his old team and Riley and Spo and Butler, and so um, even though we're not there yet, but um, yeah, I just think that would be a, a good storyline. One thing I want to ask you real quick, uh, and actually John brought this up as well. I saw at the very end Bam Adebayo holding right right around the wrist area. I think it was. Uh, it looked like it. It looked like probably one of those injuries that. He may or may not be able to shake off, may require x-rays, but it did look like it was something that was very concerning. I saw him hitting back towards the huddle on one of the last timeouts that they took in Miami, and it really looked like he was in some kind of discomfort. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, I couldn't see the play. Was The play that they replayed, was it with Tatum? Did, I think so. Did, did Tatum's... Did like did he grab his arm and twist it, or was it a sneaky, dirty play, or did a jersey get caught in it, or something like that? I don't. I know. couldn't tell from the replay. I don't know if it was a Kelly Olynyk type play, as we know last time Miami and Boston tangled up, or actually Miami and Cleveland tangled up, mm-hmm. or actually it was Boston and Cleveland. I'm sorry, Boston Cleveland mm-hmm. Olynyk was on the Celtics, so I don't know if it was that, like you know, yanked the guy's arm out, but I do know. Well, as you know, there's a lot of holding underneath, especially when the ball goes up and, you know, the rebound is, is up for grabs. A lot of holding, grabbing it takes place and very well could have been that type of injury. 
Bam stayed in the game, but still, it mm-hmm. looks like he has a lot of discomfort, and I think they're going to go ahead and probably do some work on it, get some ice on it, obviously try to do what they can to get him ready for game five, but we'll see, that because that could be a problem if he can't go going forward. Well, I mean, they do have the luxury of being up 3-1, so if he has to miss, when's the next game? Friday? Yes. So if he misses Friday's game, then they wouldn't play again until Sunday. So that that would give them some days if they don't close out. Um, depending on how how bad it is. Um, but he is their inside game. Point. He is pretty much the put. That's the only weakness I see with Miami. They're very diverse, but if you don't have Bam, they are really hurting on the inside. Yeah, that's true, and. Um, but I still think they have guys that are bigger than the Celtics guys. So Olenek can play some. Myers Leonard, um, he started for them all year. Yeah, dust him off. And, I mean, get him out of yeah. that cheerleading mode. And the, But he gives them another shooter. Like, he doesn't give them the passing of the interior defense or whatever, but he gives them a, you know an outside shooter. So I imagine him just kind of running pick and pops. And, and um, yeah, I... You know, like I said, hopefully it's not serious, but I just want to see if it was from like a little sneaky, dirty play. I'm not accusing Tatum of, of you know, dirty play, but only when I watch the replay, only thing I could see is if their hands, if they got tangled up, and you know, or if, if it's, you know, he twisted his wrist or something like that. Or I'd like I don't to know. see a better I mean, angle. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we didn't have a good angle. Yeah, that's... which is weird because they have a million cameras everywhere, so I'm sure somewhere. <laughs> that's true. A better angle will come out. They were able to go ahead and you know give you what fifteen different angles on Anthony Davis's last shot. You know, so uh, yep. yeah, it's just something that. Uh, so I, I just tell you right now, it's going to be very interesting to see exactly where that leads. I'm hoping Bam Adebayo is okay because you never want to see anyone get hurt uh, on either team. In mm-hmm. at least going through the playoffs. I don't want to see anyone get hurt because then the excuses start to come in and things of that nature. No, mm-hmm. I, I really don't want to see that happen. Yeah, was it his left wrist? It looked like it was his left wrist because he was holding it. Yeah, I just um, I just see a tweet from Ira Winderman who covers the heat and Bam said he just twisted it. Okay, so it's not a serious, might just require some uh, minor procedures to it, some ice and things of that nature, but yeah, just uh, mm-hmm. glad to see that if, if it's not that serious, but we'll keep an eye on it. You never know. Wake up the next morning, could hurt a lot more. Yeah, definitely. You know, from coming from me who sprained my wrist on my on my falling off my bike. Yep, a few not weeks too long ago, ago. And the it, it feels like it's okay during the day, but when I wake up in the morning, it seems like it, it's stiff, and I have to. You know, let it get warmed up like I'm an old car or something like that. But um, like you said, you never know. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where 
here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Want to ask you this real quick, though, with the Heat going up 3-1. We've seen this before with the teams that were facing off against you know, the Denver Nuggets. Complacency, overconfidence. Mm-hmm. Do you see that possibly happening with the Heat? No. No, not at all. I think that they'll be dialed in. Um, yeah, no, I don't see it happening. Like I said, I think they, they'll be dialed in. They want, they want to get it over. You know, um, I don't think there's bad blood between these two teams, but I wouldn't say that they like each other. <laughs> so I think, yeah, they 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 want to get it over. I mean, Butler's been focused all year, definitely in the playoffs. You know, not everybody had them as a, a, a finals contender or predicted them to be better than Boston, Philly. Um, Milwaukee. And so I think this is, they know, they realize how close they are to proving a lot of people wrong. So no, I, I don't, I don't think they'll let off the gas. John Shearer compares what happened to what happened to Dwayne Wade when he got hurt versus the Suns years ago. And he did miss a lot of time with it. I do remember it now. Uh, yeah. He actually did miss quite a bit of time with it, but if Bam's saying he's good to go, I'm saying may, possibly just taping it up and then just going right back at it. Yeah, this is just what, what he said, I guess, on his post-game interview. Um, and, uh, I mean, it looks like he's just kind of talking about uh, Tyler Hero. He said he's the one that told Pat to draft him. It doesn't seem like he's um, like he's hurt. <laughs> so. Okay, well, that's good news for the Heat fans out there. But for the Celtics, you're down 3-1. I tell you, my friend, I know you and I have spoken before about this when it comes to Kemba Walker, but it seems like each and every time he's going to be picked on and picked on and targeted each and every time. I understand what his contract is, and you have clearly said that out to me when I keep asking you this question, but I'm going to keep asking you, at what point do you just consider taking Kemba Walker out at critical points of time because they are targeting so much on defense. Well, put them in. Who do you bring in? I just bring in a little bit more size, whether you bring in one of the Williams, you know, guys or, or whoever. Just, you know, they just are clearly targeting him on defense, and it becomes an issue because they're getting to be, like today, Hero or Drogic. You know, anybody was taking off the dribble <laughs> – they were taking Walker off the dribble time and time and time again, and they were very successful in doing it. Yeah, I just don't know who you bring in. I mean, do you bring in Wanamaker, who's bigger, or do you go with a lineup of small? I would bring in one of the Williams, personally. Uh, that's what I would do. 
I would bring in one of the Williams to go ahead and, and maybe add some size so you could go ahead and throw a bigger guard. So that, that's just me. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I just don't know, like, where you get your... I mean, I think Kimba's such a big, important part of their their offense. And so, um, he's, yeah, I think he's just such a big part of their offense. And so, I think you just got to find ways to hide him. Like, for if it were me, if Iguodala's in, i just put Kimba on Iguodala. And oh, if Miami starts trying to run plays to, for Iguodala, then, <laughs> then, then they're out of their offense because they normally don't run plays for him. Or if Crowder's in... Um, I don't think Crowder, they're going to start running post plays for Crowder, and Crowder's mostly shooting threes. So I would try to find ways to to hide them, and maybe even throw in some zone, a little bit of zone. I mean, we've seen teams run some zones in the in the playoffs. So and yeah, I just worked. think you got to find ways to hide them. Yeah. So the Lakers do that yesterday, and obviously Miami's done that on more than one occasion. Pulled that out in a second half type deal, and was successful with it. I agree with you, but they've got to go ahead and, and hide. Campbell Walker a little bit more effectively or else they are not going to get back into the series because there are those critical points in the third and fourth quarter where Miami is just targeting and looking out for Walker and again he's out there on top on an island and he's just not able to guard his man and honestly I don't feel like that was the big key to the game today, it was the turnovers. Boston had some terrible turnovers. Oh, I mean, near the end, like, yeah, I agree. With about uh, it, When it was about two, three minutes left, they made some critical errors. Well, even before that, I know Butler had a bunch of steals where it looks like he knew where Miami or he knew where Boston was going with their passes and their plays. But, yeah, the turnover margin was Boston had 19, Miami had 8. There you go, right there. That's huge. So, uh, <laughs> do you know what the points off those turnovers were? I'm not sure the points off turnovers, but eight turnovers. I mean, Bam led Miami with three. Uh, Brown had four. Tatum had six. Smart had four. Kimba didn't have any turnovers. And so, I mean, I, I think in a game like like today, 19 yeah, turnovers you, is big. You, you, right, and if you take Kimba out, then um, – you know, he's the one that was taking care of the ball the most. We'll definitely see what happens here in a couple of days when it comes to Miami and Boston. But Boston really needs to go ahead and get a little bit more energy or do what they can to go ahead and make sure they secure the ball a little bit better. I mean, they've got that combo or tandem of Tatum and Brown. See what you can do to make them more a little bit more effective on the floor because I think they're close. Like you said, there's just a couple bounces either way and – this series, just like the Lakers and Nuggets series, could be a completely different story. But, again, it comes down to who's going to be effective with the ball in the crunch time. And I just don't see Boston executing quite as well as Miami when it comes down to it. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I definitely think for the most part they're even, but Boston hasn't done as good of a job executing in the clutch. Absolutely, indeed. Once again, I'm talking to my good friend Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. But before we hit you up, my friend, on what's coming up with your show and also a preview of tomorrow's game between the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets in Game 4. Big game. Big, big, big game, game tomorrow. Very big game. I want to hit you up with this. Billy Donovan just got hired for the Bulls. Good hire, bad hire. I still think, as I said on the show that I just appeared with with the great guys there from the journey with the Jays, 
I just said that I think that the front office needs to be reevaluated because I don't think the front office has done a great job of just basically setting up a team for success. But Billy Donovan, I think, will be able to do an okay job, but I'm sure that, that, that they need a lot more. Well, it's a whole new front office. It's not the front office from the past. They it's had not, it's guy not, okay, was, so they got rid of uh, Foreman yep. and Paxson and mm-hmm. all that? Okay. Yep, they hired the guy from the Nuggets. The guy oh, that's, that was that's right. Yeah, Car- uh, yeah, I know who you're talking yep. about. Yeah, absolutely. And then Eversley came from Philly, and I think he's he may be the GM, and the other, the, the other guy from Denver might be the president of basketball operations. I'm not sure their exact titles, but it's a whole new front office. So, you know, I guess we can't really – judge them based off of what has happened in the past. But I like the Donovan hire. It was obvious that this was, you know, it it was already prearranged because, you know, the Thunder offered him a contract and he, he declined it. And I'm guessing in Donovan's thinking is that Chicago has more talent and the Thunder are, are going to be in a serious rebuild mode and I, it doesn't make sense for the Thunder to bring back Gallinari. No. And then, um, you know, Schroeder be a free agent Possibly next summer. Chris Paul, if you could try and unload his contract. Yeah. So for Donovan, it's kind of like, well, you know, do you want to stick around for a long rebuild? And how long will it take for you to, you know, become a playoff team? Because even though they have a lot of picks and they should be able to flip those picks, but the guys, the well, the picks that they have are coming from teams that are expected to be good in the future. So it's going to be a lot of like late round picks. That's that's what I'm assuming. I'm assuming as well. Plus, they don't have super awesome assets to deal with, but they do have some trade market value with some of the players that they have there. If they want to go ahead and make those moves to try and either move up on the draft board or try and get some pieces that can better fit with their team. Right. But I, I think, in my opinion, I think Chicago is, is the best job available. Like if I had all the teams that are offering me a job to be their head coach, I would take the Chicago job over New Orleans, Philly, maybe even Houston. Just because I, You're the second person to tell me that today. I like their pieces. They just weren't healthy last year. Um, Carter and marketing. Didn't play a lot together. Porter, Otto Porter missed probably like 80 or 90% of the season. Kobe White averaged like 26 a game in the second half of the year. Zach Levine is, you know, he has his flaws, but he's a 24, 25 point per game scorer. And then you have a, you know, a top 10 pick this year. And so I think that they have some pieces. And it's also the East. I mean, the East is not as competitive as the West. I think if you look at New Orleans, even if they have a very good year next year, are they going to be a playoff team? Because let's say the same, you know, let's say the Lakers are shooting for the playoffs, Denver, the Clippers, Rockets, uh, Utah, Portland. So that's six that you got golden state at seven. And then you figure you still fighting between Memphis and uh, Phoenix should be better. I think there's another team that I'm missing. In Dallas. So it's going to be tough for New Orleans in the best case scenario to be a playoff team. And then, um, you know, Philly, I think they're just in salary cap hell. So 
what offense can you put in that can make those guys mesh? And then you have to hope that they find a trade. But then, like, you know, if you're Elton Brand or whoever they bring in to do some personnel decisions, which player do you decide to get rid of? <laughs> you're, you know, if you decide to get rid of Embiid, then he's the one that the guys in Philly love, like the city loves him. If you decide to get rid of Simmons, then you got rid of the younger player who was the all-NBA player. I mean, that's that's a tough decision I wouldn't want to make. So I don't think that Philly job is, is as good a job as people think it will be because they have too many bigs, the roster's in balance, not much room and free agency. And then I don't even know like what assets that they could trade other than Embiid or Simmons. I mean, Tobias, he's making a lot of money, like $35 million. That's a lot of money for a guy that's not going to be an all-star. So um, then Horford, you gave him $100 million. So I think that roster is just is going to be tough for a coach to put in an offense. Plus their uh, expectations the are not that high or can't be that high going into the first year of the Billy Donovan era. Chicago, yeah. I mean, I just think that – I look at their roster, and I think that if they can make the playoffs next year, I think they can be better than Orlando. Orlando was the eighth seed this year, and I think, you know, what what teams in the East, you know, you figure uh, Toronto will be back. Philly shouldn't just make the playoffs off of talent alone. Boston will be there. Milwaukee, Brooklyn is supposed to be a lot better. The Pacers should be there. And then after that, you have Orlando made the playoffs. Then I'm forgetting one more, one more team out east. Oh, Miami. So I think that how can I forget Miami? I think that uh, they could easily pass up Orlando for the AC, and then you just kind of grow from there. I'll tell you what, I, I can't agree with you more on that assessment. But yes, the. If they can go ahead and just make some tweaks with the new front office. So I got to go ahead on back on journey with the Jays and tell them, you know what? They do have a new front office in place. I, I, I remember them mentioning it. It just like it went right, right through the radar because it was so quiet, hush, hush type deal. But you're right. They do have a new front office in place and they need to go ahead and make the changes necessary. Just some small tweaks here and there. But yes, you've got a lot of youth on that roster is it going to perform? Is it going to stay healthy? We'll wait and see. I had picked the team to actually sneak into the playoffs last year, or this season, mm-hmm. I should say. So if they can at least play up to the level that I think you are thinking and I'm thinking that they're capable of doing, I think they can go ahead and sneak into the playoffs next year as well. Yeah, definitely. That's why I said I like that job. I mean, they have the fourth pick. So you have a talented roster with the fourth pick, and if you want to package that, then I'm sure you can get, you know, a pretty good asset for for that or, or whatever. So I, I yeah, I mean I like their talent and that would be the job I would take if I had any job. I think with with Indiana, uh th- they should be solid, but you don't know what the situation is gonna be with Oladipo going forward. Uh, but they were good without him. They were the fourth seed without him most of this year, so they should be okay. But it just seems like if you're the coach of that team but Oladipo coming up on a contract year, you have to favor him. Like you're going to have to try to appease him to keep him. And which to me, the D'Antoni rumors somewhat make sense because if you get him in a D'Antoni offense, then he may average 27 and eight assists. And it's going to be hard for him to leave if he's putting up those type of numbers in that system. So, um, 
That's why I wouldn't be too high on that job. Well, I hear you, though. But I'm just saying right now when it comes to Chicago and Zach Levine possibly being uh, on the move for assets, things of that nature, I think I hear Laker Tom somewhere in the background working up a trade. (laughs) My guess, JaVale McGee, Danny Green, Green. and Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, just throw in there for Zach Green. Uh, he'll he'll keep close, but he'll throw in the twenty. He'll he'll throw in the the first round pick. <laughs> sure, why not? It's not? It's not his not his assets. There you go. Just go ahead. Yeah. Just send them on out. Send them on out. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up to date news information original videos articles podcasts opinion pieces and discussions about the los angeles lakers well look no further than lakerholics.com with a legion of followers always there talking about everything lakers and the nba there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run so stop by and be part of the conversation today at lakerholics.com But it is a great time always when I talk to Rafael Barlow of the NBA Draft Junkies. Before we head on out, I want to give a big thank you to John Shearer once again from Journey with the Jays, plus also as well, Calvin Kontek. Calvin, thank you so much for the great comments about what we were talking about when it concerns the Miami-Boston series. Truly appreciate your insight and your great comments indeed. If you have any questions for us, he is at Barlow500. I am at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. But before we head on out and Rafael gives you the lowdown of what's going on with NBA Draft Junkies, we got to go ahead and talk, preview the big game tomorrow. It is a crucial game for, I think, mm-hmm. as what we had talked about on Journey with the Jays was about all the momentum being on the side of the Nuggets. And I can't say I disagree with that assessment. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Denver, and I try to look at it from both perspectives if i'm denver i i feel excuse me i feel confident i feel like they have the momentum and i feel mike malone i tell my guys we are an anthony davis missed shot away from being up two to one and you know if that block doesn't go out of bounds then you know the lakers don't have that opportunity so i would be confident i feel like for the most part if you take maybe the last six quarters I feel like Denver has been the better team but if I'm the LA I feel like you know we're still up two to one we have arguably most people will say the best two players on the floor and if we can just get one of our guys whether it's green or KCP to you know score 15 then it will be good so um, I think both teams should be confident but it's it's a big game if it goes two two then I think the momentum is definitely going to swing in Denver's favor. I agree with you on that. And that's what you were saying earlier on journey with the Jays. I also think that your assessment on role players, I mean, you cannot let Jeremy Grant and Monte Morris go off like they did. Even with Michael Porter jr. Even on days where he's gone off. I mean, other teams have been able to get away with it because of the defensive prowess. He doesn't have as of yet, but it comes to Monte Morris and Jeremy Grant, who are in there for you, a lot, you know, in case of Jeremy Grant to play really the best defense he can on LeBron because they put him on LeBron quite a bit. 
I think when you're giving 26 to him and a lot more to Monte Morris, that really hits you hard. It's the it's the role players, the role, the supporting cast. Whoever does better, I think it's going to go ahead and win the upper hand tomorrow in tomorrow's game. Yeah, I I agree 100. percent I mean, I also feel like if you're the Lakers, you want to dare Monte Morris and Grant to beat you, but the problem is you can't dare them to beat you while Jokic and Murray are We're still beating are getting their numbers. Yeah, so I could see if you know you're okay with with. Um, Grant scoring 26, but Murray only has 17, or he's inefficient. So you can't have those, you know, the two stars getting their points and then the role players gaining confidence. And, um, you know, the Lakers have to figure out a consistent third score. I mean, I thought playoff Rondo showed up for about four or five minutes, and he, he did have an impact. Kuzma didn't have bad numbers, but they're going to need a consistent third guy and then also you know even if they're you know they didn't get much help from their role players they have to rebound a lot better than they did yesterday absolutely yeah they can't kick they cannot get killed on the boards like that absolutely could not agree with you four i mean 21 feet of center (laughs) he got like four rebounds i mean that's only four more than me and you got yesterday just four more (sighs) smh smh but (laughs) They get a chance to redeem themselves on on Thursday against the Nuggets in Game 5. They're going to hopefully redeem themselves if you're a Lakers fan, but we'll wait and see, and you and I will be back here tomorrow night to cover it all. But before we head on out, my friend, I want you to talk about what's going on with your great site. I know, same day, same things, but Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, you've always got great work coming up at NBA Draft Junkies. Yeah, I'm on my Laker Tom, so I got some stuff in the pipeline. Yeah, have got a, it in the chamber, as you say. Got it, got it in the chamber. I got to be ahead. Um, I have an interview tomorrow that I, that I put out. It's a guy. Uh, he he runs a site called TailgateTake.com, and he has some pretty interesting takes, to say the least. Um, when I, when he did part one, he didn't have. Onyeka Okongwu, James Wiseman, Obi Toppin, or even Denny Avdia in his top 14. So, um, you know, he's definitely thinking a little bit different than most. Um, somebody even reached out to me and said there should be a, a minimum requirement to have someone on your show. So he came <laughs> back on the, t- to do a part two of his, uh, of his uh, big board, and he just, you know, he has some different perspectives. And so, like I told him that, you know, at, at this point, none of us are right. We don't know. We can't predict the future. Exactly. So you can't really knock him. But I also like respect for the fact that he's thinking outside the box and he's not letting other mock drafts or, or the the majority sway him into thinking, you know, different from what he sees. So he'll be on with uh with the second part of his, his mock draft. So I'll, I'll probably put that up tomorrow. And then from there, um, I haven't decided which player that I'm going to do my next profile on, but I'm thinking it's going to be uh, Jalen Smith from Maryland. There you go. I'm just showing everybody right now on Facebook Live, and you just had part two of your interview with Spencer Weber. Up, right. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, you know, I mean, everyone out there, people, come on. You got to go ahead and check out. If you're anywhere near interested in the NBA draft, there is absolutely no better place to go than NBA Draft Junkies. I mean, I'm just scrolling through rows and rows and rows. And no, this is not last year's draft. This is for this year's draft. 
All these mm -hmm. videos right there for you at NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube or NBADraftJunkies.com. I mean, my gosh, you put so many hours into this, my friend. So many tons right. of hours into it. Please, if you want to see some really good quality stuff, you got to hit up NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube. Yeah, my goal is at least, I want to do at least five videos a week. And if I can do that, then, um, you know, I, I probably would have over 150 videos for this draft class. So, um, you know, I I, I kind of look at it, everybody else that has a draft site as competition in a sense, like a friendly competition. And so I figure I just got to outwork them. And that you do, them. my friend, and that you do. And again, please make sure you stop by NBA Draft Junkies. You will be glad you did. But I tell you what, my friend, it's going to be interesting to see tomorrow. Is Tom's face, Laker Tom's face, going to be happy or angry? We're going to have to wait and see coming up after the game tomorrow. Also, as well, I wanted to go ahead and give everybody a shout out. If you can, please check out the Pop Culture Cosmos. The latest episode is up. We're also going to be working on one coming up for Friday. I'm also hopefully securing an interview right now as we speak with the author of the number one sports book right now out on the marketplace three ring circus that's jeff perlman so i'm actually trying to go ahead and work on it we're looking at maybe recording it on friday so keep your fingers crossed got a lot of great words to say so i mean that's a if you see one. if you yeah if you've seen the excerpt that's out on espn.com that's some great stuff right there covering the early 2003 peat of the los angeles lakers so lakers fans i know will enjoy that but i'll tell you what my friend there's a lot to look forward to again i truly appreciate your time Everything that you do for us here at the Lakers Fast Break and the covering the playoffs with me, it's always fascinating. And I know it's been a tough day. I know there were some decisions that went down that, again, history will tell us what the heck were you doing. But, uh, again, I just truly appreciate you being here. I know, that, like I said, today was a difficult day, but hopefully, you know, in the end, we will see the error of our ways. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, you can say only time will tell, but at this point, uh, <laughs> how many years? How many years, my friend? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I have CNN on right now. I mean, I can't hear it, but um, it looks like um, you know, they're protesting right now in in Louisville, which you know it's expected. So, um, I mean, it's America. <laughs> That's all I can say. I can't be shocked at anything. So. And that's the problem because it doesn't shock either one of us anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, at, at this point you just, you know, um, there's not much, there's not much you can say other than this is the world that we live in. This is the America that we live in. And so 2020 has definitely been a year that we'll never forget for, you know, a variety of reasons. And this just kind of adds on to it. That it does, Mark. Well, once again, I am glad to have you here. It's been my honor having you again for another edition of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. And I'll tell you what, looking forward to tomorrow. Hopefully a good time for the Lakers. Hopefully we'll all be happy and smiling. Laker Tom won't be growling. Hopefully not. But we'll find out tomorrow right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.